We have a little Digimon sandwich. <laughs> Digimon, Digimon sandwich. Digimon sandwich, yum, Digimon yum. Digimon is the sandwich. I'm pretty sure there is a Digimon that is in the shape of a sandwich. Hey, a sandwich mon. <laughs> you shut your mouth. Wait, like for real, hold on. I'm going to I'm going to look this up. That's Rubenmon. <laughs> Used to be four ordinary teenagers. Saturday Morning Tuesdays, starring Andrew Eric Davison, Austin Bridges. <laughs> and that's it, because no, no one wants going. to join the bit. <laughs> Maya Rudolph. <laughs> Andy <She's not>. Samberg. <laughs> uh, Rory Voy in the corner. Yeah, he's there. Yeah, we know he's there. And Allison Lures, how's it going? It's going good. I didn't get a cool Saturday Night Live intro, but Musical I'm here. Musical guest. Yes. Ah, Allison, Allison Lures. Yeah, <laughs> that's me. You're the musical guest. I like it. Yeah, I'm not playing any music, but I will. I will talk in a, a, a delightful lyrical tones. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. That's Cartoons. great. You know, I just got it that it's Saturday Night Live and Saturday Morning Tooth. Like we share the Saturday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I picked up y- on that. You guys a should minute run with too that late. Theme. It's a hot yeah. bit. Yeah, it's a hot <laughs> bit. Hot bit, and we got some cool treats for you tonight. Hot so bits and cool treats. Ooh, yeah. that's our new tagline. <laughs> <laughs> Looks hot good. bits and cool treats. It's really evocative um, of cartoons. I say run with it. Yeah. Well, we're glad to have you back, Allison. How are Thanks. you doing? I'm doing really good. I'm glad to be back. Yeah. Yeah. We uh, we're doing we're doing our, our normal slate this time around. We yep. got uh, we got some dinosaurs, some digis, and some uh, Sailor Moon, which I'm still pretty jazzed that we're doing. Freshly oh. minted Sailor Moon. I'm so happy that you guys took my advice uh, and started watching the show because it is one of my favorites for a really good reason, and that reason is that it is fantastic. Uh, That's a great reason. It's yeah. it is like one of those formative shows that made me who I am as a person. So I'm really happy you guys are watching it. Yeah, yeah. Well, we are too. Yeah, and I but, watched uh, uh, episodes of Dino Saucers and Digimon too. So um, oh, thank I can, God, I can get on your level. Yeah, I'm so sorry. Yeah, welcome <laughs> to hell. <laughs> this is your come, podcast. You chose this. Come join us in hell. <laughs> Dance with the devil. <laughs> well, uh, I can't wait to dive into it. Yeah, let's do it. The dinosaurs are leaving, Bossasaur. Well, follow them. Well, we've got our first show is Dinosaurs, and our first episode is called Burgers Up. Burgers Up. We learn a lot of new things really quickly. That's right. Yeah, uh, Andy, do you want to grace us with a little, uh, little blurberry? Yeah, blurberioni. Blurberioni. I got a really tiny one. The Tyrannos steal a shipment of frozen hamburgers, mistaking them for a power source for their latest weapon. That's the whole blurb. 
it leaves yeah. out some stuff. That's what we're here for. But it's 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 amazing. This episode was just. I think this is my one of my new favorites. Maybe second I, favorite. I actually agree. This was not the hardest episode to watch <laughs> by a long shot. As a person who found out about Dino Saucers about a week ago, um, <laughs> I found it to be very high concept. Uh, it, oh, you're I, not wrong. Yeah, yeah. This was like, it felt like it was supposed to be a metaphor for something, but I couldn't understand what the metaphor was for. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah it, it was it was genuinely entertaining and i absolutely like actually laughed out loud at some parts uh which yeah. was a shock yeah <laughs> this was definitely an episode that kind of had the combination right for the the sort of the best that the show can be it didn't have a lot of super grading uh characters uh yeah. which it does sometimes a complete lack of bonehead and sarah yeah, they're awful. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm so pleased about that. Were they the two that showed up at the end? So Sarah is the girl the Sarah, of, the, okay. of the human kids. Okay, I wasn't sure if she was like a Ceratops or something. No. no oh. but, See, that would but have been Bonehead, Bonehead is time. a different, uh, different dino who is just dumb. Like, that's his entire character is that he's stupid. That's pretty Yeah, cool. uh, and the problem with Bonehead, well, the problem among many problems, is he, they already have a pretty dumb character. So they had to make him really dumb to be the like double quote dumb character. Oh man, that's rough. That's yeah, really it's rough. yeah. I mean, we've we've said before, but like ninety eight percent of the characters in this show are just <laughs> purely, you know, just grossly incompetent in I'm every possible way. I it's, mean, they they did like manage to mistake like chunks of meat for a really sophisticated power source. So you know, I go yeah, with yeah. So. So let's actually like get into this episode. <laughs> and that would be that would be Allison a uh, a pretty tried and true uh, trope of the dinosaurs. Is, <laughs> yeah, is that the Tyrannos mistake some some banal human like element for power? I <laughs> love I love the Tyrannos. They're great. And like <laughs> Genghis Rex is like cut off jeans. Is that oh, his yeah. name? Oh my gosh. It's yes. Genghis Rex, and he's got them thighs that don't quit. Oh, I, the note I wrote down for him is the T-Rex just yells. Yes, he does. <laughs> he, he yells a lot more in this episode than he normally does, It's hilarious actually. yelling, too. Like, it's hard oh, to it's get good. good yelling yeah. right. And, man, he they He turns it up it. to 11 this episode. It's like 14 so, for most of it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, so uh, for for those of you who don't watch dinosaurs, dinosaurs, which I'm I'm gonna hazard a guess is a hundred percent of you have decided not to watch this show. Uh, well, they've been making a critical mistake. <laughs> a little a little context. Uh, this is a, this is a David centric episode. Uh, David's are kind of like sassy buck the system secret scout anime kid. boy, yeah, well, anime boy. And uh, he, we find out, in addition to supposedly maybe going to school and being a full-time hero, has a job at a burger joint. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm extra curious about. I have a lot sort of looked into this. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> so I either, either the dinosaurs don't pay him for his secret scout work. <laughs> Which I mean, probably be... not. No. Yeah, so he's got... He's, and he's, but he still has to... Buy his own fuel for his janky little jetpack. His, cra- <laughs> his crappy jetpack. So he's they, got room and board at yeah, the dinosaurs' like hideout at the lava dome. Right. Yeah. So he's no, not paying rent. And I assume that they're finding money to feed the dinosaurs somewhere. Like there should be some sort of like money coming in 
for the services the dinosaur saucers offer uh, society as a whole. Like yeah. that's, that's well, pretty messed up. You'd be surprised how little that service is worth. Yeah, that, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that hasn't really the the interplay between humans and dinosaurs is uh, you know underwritten at best. Yeah, it's, and um, not yeah. to not to get too far into it, but the humans on the whole don't know the dinosaurs exist, and they try and keep it that way. So like, mm. you know, because they're they scary aliens. They don't really attempt to keep it a secret, but yeah. It, it Somehow, just turns out that way. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to hide those saucers. Um, yeah. They never really have saucers, though. None of them look like traditional flying saucers. No. 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 Uh, so the, the, the funny thing about this episode to me is that it's almost. They really wanted it to have a moral so much so that they they like hit it over the head about three or four separate occasions from different characters mouths talking mm. to David about like. Well, you need to learn that proper procedures are to be respected. Procedure and... helps you accomplish your goals. <laughs> rules are meant to be followed. Gosh, I love rules. Yeah, Ryan. Why? Yeah, never it was like straight before. edge friend Ryan, who's like, gosh, I sure love rules. <laughs> rules uh, sucks. Ryan followed, sucks so much. Why don't you join the never machine? Never question David? authority. Buy our toys. <laughs> oh, Without God. the system, we're nothing, David. Um, <laughs> So David David almost gets fired uh, from his burger joint because he's like trying to improve their processes with dumb machines that him and it's Paul like built. It's really like a magic condiment machines. system. Yeah, it's it's like it's completely unimportant and very dumb. very poorly yeah. designed. But then but it they... cuts to really quick, Andy. I'm gonna jump right in because they they <laughs> you don't cut need to. <laughs> no, because. Uh... You know, I, I don't want this to get just like zipped right. Austin, past. I'm gonna cut in for a moment here. Okay, sure. <laughs> Love that. All right, so uh, can we talk about uh, Genghis Rex's like uh, when they when they're uh, pulling the uh, the burgers out of the burger truck, and they pull them out like one burger at a time with this giant claw machine. Yeah, cool. I'm gonna jump in on you real quick right there. <laughs> Um, okay what are you gonna say austin so right after that first scene with the with the like mr spaghetti or whatever the guy (laughs) (laughs) where was he from it was no irish and his name is like mr astley or no (laughs) austley that's austley that's that makes more sense yeah um so and then right after that, both Ryan and David are at like a secret lair. I don't think it was the lava dome. I think it's like a little different hideout area. Mm-hmm. And they're just like typing on computers, just like hanging out. <laughs> they're hanging just out, like, doom. I was going to say, I think they're just doing manual labor, like <laughs> computer labor for the dinosaurs. Which, like reptile on spreadsheet work. Yeah. Like, so these kids already have like part time jobs. Yeah. Uh, and then they go home and they do like spreadsheets <laughs> for the dinosaurs. When do they actually like, you know, be kids, like, be kids like they're, So they're not getting paid for their work. Like, are they basically like conscribed into servitude for the dinosaurs or oh, yep. God. they you know? did not read the fine print on those rings? No, 
No, absolutely not. So these I situations just... are supposed to be like escapism too. Like, mm-hmm. oh yeah. man, I can't wait to run away and like join this awesome intergalactic organization and fight crime. And instead, it's just like, nah, kid, you're making like a million Excel spreadsheets. Have fun, so I can loser. work the QuickBooks for a Stegosaurus. Oh. <laughs> Alice, like now, David, you have to learn how to V look up before I'll let you in the field. <laughs> um. um yeah, no, it's really weird. Uh, but David, David just gets really pissed. I mean, he's he sets off the episode to some degree. Uh, I really like the little sequence he has where he's blowing off steam with Bronto Thunder. Oh, uh, like, casual parallel bars. Oh uh, yeah, casual parallel bars. He's punching things with boxing gloves. I don't know, just being a real like '80s Footloose kid. Um, yeah, <laughs> and I'm I'm into it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he he just. He and Bronto Thunder have another moment where Bronto even, and this is funny because it's the mouth of Bronto Thunder is telling them, telling him to follow the rules. Yeah, like, he's not a wise person. No. Regardless, uh, they David wants to go meet the guys who deliver the food for the burger joint. Uh, they drive the truck with all the meat and condiments and stuff in it, and he apparently likes to go and shoot the shit and talk football with them. And and they have like a pre-arranged meeting spot on the freeway. It's really sketch. Yeah, I kind of ducked out (laughs) attention-wise for a minute. And I, you know, I wasn't really sure what was going on. But I guess that didn't really help. No, it it was very confusing to me. I don't know what the relationship is there. I'm sure it's fine. But on the surface, I'd be freaked out if I was David's parents. Uh, Again, I know. don't think any of them have parents. No, they yeah. they're just, have no parents. They're all orphans working, you know, for virtually no pay. Like, yeah, yeah. It's, the only it's indentured. Yeah, it's great. What a what a what a good show. The eighties yeah. are great, man. It also produced the line shortly after this burger truck was hijacked by the Tyrannos that UFO just stole our hamburgers. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think sounds like the beginning of an improv scene. (laughs) Oh, God, it really does, doesn't it? (laughs) That dinosaur just stole our hamburgers. Hey, welcome to Chuckles. We're going to need like a a line to start get things started. Hi, can I have a non-geographic highway location? (laughs) Hamburgers. I'll take hamburgers. Thank you. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, uh, I don't want to. I also uh, I'm going to jump in here, Austin. Um. Cool. I don't want to scoot over the fact that you said the Tyrannos hijacked the burger truck. <laughs> um, they because... did because they intercepted <laughs> something. How did they know? They it's completely never explained. We are we just have to assume that they were given false information or that Ankylo screwed up again because they think the truck contains gamma fuel cells when in fact it's just meat and mustard. They're like, oh, are but, you oh, sure so it's I was in a truck? On that. I thought they thought that it was that. That's what. But that's what hamburgers were. See, I don't know. I have no yeah. clue. This is, yeah. It's a mystery. No, I'm pretty. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they just. At least the way I briefly understood it when I kind of was like in and out on this, <laughs> was like, was like. I think they just keep every episode. They basically intercept one form of communication or another from the dinosaurs and they kind right. of like take that to think that something was going on. And I think they were, if David was communicating with Bronto about the truck, then they were like, Oh, it must be 
that thing they're getting. Yeah, I don't know. But I don't know. You in know, the end, I'm, the show the show basically tells you it doesn't matter, right? right? Because it's gonna they do what it on, wants to do. They just they just push forward, and then and then we are just the rest of the episode is about the Tyrannos trying to use frozen ground chuck power <laughs> uncooked uh, uncooked chuck to power their earthquake machine. I don't know how they got 20 minutes out of this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. And yet, the greatest mystery of all is not only did they get 20 minutes out of this episode, but watching the Tyrannos, like, try so hard to make Mm -hmm. this work was actually kind of funny. Like... Yeah, it was it, it was enjoyable. Once you, you know, cut off the most of your brain that's in charge of uh, discerning that, hey, this plot makes no sense. It's pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like the I always forget the pig face guy's name. Oh, yeah. And Kylo and, and Kylo. Yeah. Oh, is that Kylo? Uh, he was pretty funny this episode. Yeah, I liked him. He's the one who thinks he's dying. Right. Yeah. That's what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I thought th- I thought it was pretty good. I mean, all things considered. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We've seen now seven episodes of this show. I'm uh, amazed. And I'm sorry. They are not all this good, Allison. No, no. I, I believe you. I sometimes I sometimes I see like YouTube auto or YouTube recommendations being like, hey, play episode 29 of Dinosaurs. And I just oh. get this huge wave of like existential horror. And <laughs> <laughs> that like we've hit seven and we're just kind of like. A little shell shocked. That's pretty rough. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, I mean, if there are more of them kind of like this, then, you know, it's not so bad. I just, God damn. <laughs> I'm having it's, a great time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, the. I have a theory too. Okay. Where. So, two different times, like, they do kind of an Autobots rollout moment with the dinosaurs, who again are not helpful in the slightest bit this episode. Oh, not at all. Despite no. like keep like jumping in their airplanes and flying out and going places, and then the theme kicks in whenever they they take off. Mm-hmm. It immediately cuts to the dinosaurs, and I think, I think I, I at this point their garage door just auto plays that whenever the door opens. <laughs> I think so too. It's the it's the we're going somewhere, but it doesn't have to even be remotely heroic. It's like no no they could be crossing just... the street and it would be like dinosaurs. Um, yeah, I love it. I love that. That's my those are my favorite moments. Right when the theme kicks in, it's kind of. I mean, we've talked about this before, but those moments are designed to like get you going, and that theme song is pretty good. Yeah, so. but they never sell it. Like, whatever's happening is never good enough for the theme. No, not quite. And I mean, the very first episode, we had it, I think, when they were uh, swinging on vines, right? Or was it at another time? Yeah. It was, it was around that time, and it actually almost almost worked for me at that time, but never since. No. Um, But right around now in this episode is where we have that Genghis Rex yelling moment where he's like... Now I have the power. Uh, when they when they first try out that uh, that stack of frozen patties as a fuel source, and they put one in, and he just he goes so intense. Yeah, it we just kept going. It. That voice mm-hmm. actor commits. Yeah, and in a way that he hasn't before. No, he is not. 
it's it was it was inspiring yeah yeah perhaps for a moment we too had the power we were all tyrannos today yes (laughs) yes we were (laughs) oh man what a hell of a show you guys (laughs) um so is there so i feel like there is one big chase scene at the end of this episode right because they get uh bronto thunder and david get captured because right. David is not following the rules and he makes a lot of noise and the Tyrannos Procedure, find out. Procedure, David. Procedure. Damn it. I know. <laughs> what a little jerk. Uh, but, you know, he he is a... He, actually, David has a really cool moment where he, like, does this big bluff that I was a big fan of. Mm-hmm. Uh, where oh, yeah. he, he pulls out all that meat, all that stinky raw meat, and he holds it up and he's like, nah, and he, like, th- is going to throw it at them. And they still think it's, like... Plutonium, gamma radiation. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. Like basically for once plutonium. That, that whole moment actually worked because we, you know, it's a case where we are on one, you know, like one side of, of knowing exactly what's going on and he knows what's going on. And the, the stakes are so high for them, you know, like it, it actually so many other episodes, there's just no logic to what is and isn't important and like what is high or low stakes. Mm-hmm. And in this case, you know, knowing that like raw hamburger meat is like, uh, you know, an atomic bomb, you know, like a, <laughs> a, a huge like level of horrible like. It's funny. It's uh, actually funny. Yeah, the gag worked. Yeah. It is a little unsettling that David to to sort of push his bluff even further takes a bite of raw hamburger. Yeah, he does. Yeah, do that's that. pretty wild. Yeah. Like yeah, procedure, man, you you took a food safety class to work at the job that you have. You know the risk mm-hmm. you are putting yourself at. <laughs> that is true. Come on, dude. E. coli. Yeah, and they do comment on it. Thank you. Yeah. They do like, oh, yeah. I wish it had been cooked though, or something. Yeah, which again they don't let is, it go. Yeah, which again is sort of not typical for the show. Like usually that would just not get commented on. Yeah, they'd be they'd be just letting us deal with that. Mm-hmm. And we'd be like, <laughs> he took a bite, but isn't it undercooked? Like, isn't it raw? Gosh, maybe they're cooked and frozen. We'd just be scratching our, our melons about it. But um, they get away and they run off. Uh, Bronto and David run off in the truck that was abducted. Mm-hmm. Uh, David drives, which is dangerous because I'm pretty sure that they indicate he doesn't have a license and has never driven before. He can, no, he can drive a jetpack and... You know, have a you magic would, ring. You would I think, think a truck is okay. There's a throwaway line that he drove like a forklift or something, and he's like, "It's yeah, like, like the same uncle's thing. tractor." Yeah, <laughs> but he can't find the brakes in the truck. Yeah, right. Which yeah. like they're in one spot. They're always in one spot. <laughs> <laughs> but did you guys did you guys catch it though? The Tyrannos are chasing after the truck in a vehicle called the Tractosaur. Or the what? Tractosaurus. Amazing. I did catch that, yeah. It's, I don't know. I think that's a return to form. We love those jokes, and they haven't done those in a little bit, where they yeah. just put Saurus on the end of things. Oh, God, it's so bad. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> but that whole it. moment made me think, like, you know, oh, <laughs> you you, you kids, you too could have your own burger truck playset, complete yeah. with mustard-throwing Bronto Thunder and... <laughs> 
<laughs> like I actually I actually think that would have been something that I I could see myself being interested in. As a kid, I had a bunch of those like uh uh, play sets for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You know, I was just going like, to say oh, TMNT yeah, yeah. a lot like that. Yeah. The weird food themes and... Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah had, on the on the sort of like food thing, when you said play sets, I immediately went to like... Like, uh, what do you call them? Uh, placemats? Like a set of placemats for you. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh. They're just like shaped like characters' faces. Mom, I want my Ninja Turtles placemats! <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Um so so that all happens and then David returns the truck. No questions yeah. asked basically and it seems like everything is great and he gets promoted to a assistant shift manager which <laughs> yeah, is like a very works. like technical <laughs> specific position for a kid show. I know. I mean he's got all that practice doing spreadsheets for the dinos, so maybe right? that's how he got, you know, that 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 real world experience. Yeah, I'm maybe. just wondering the kind of flexibility also, of his schedule. Also, he's a secret scout for the dinosaurs, like Right. What, yeah. what would happen if at the end of a Superman episode somebody promoted him to assistant? <laughs> <laughs> the stakes are much different yeah. than just getting a regular promotion. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, I mean, and how I often even is... established that he wants that responsibility, right? Yeah. Or like what he's saving for? Like, there's no, there's just nothing involved with making that decision important. Yeah, <laughs> he doesn't really need the job. I mean, again, he has free rent, and he lives in like a technological, like a spaceship, basically. David, how would you like to be assistant shift manager? Oh, no, thanks. I live in a spaceship. <laughs> well, it's yeah. also it's also weird because I mean, I I mean, I was at one point gonna be maybe promoted to shift assistant manager shift at a job, manager. and I didn't take it because it was gonna be too much responsibility, and I had other crap that I needed to do in my life. Let because, alone saving the world from evil, oh, right, like mutated right. dinosaur aliens. I mean, like, you mentioned oh, Superman. Well, somebody pooped in the break room, so I gotta go. Uh... <laughs> yeah, imagine if Superman got a phone call and it's like, "Hey, Billy didn't show up for his shift. Uh, I need you here now." Like, how do you do that? How do you just be like, "Sorry, mm-hmm. Allo, I can't do this right now. I have to go flip bergs." Yeah, I don't know, I don't man. Know. It's weird. And then the even weirder part to me is. The other half of the reward is he's promoted to assistant shift manager and he's been given theme park tickets. <laughs> yeah, to like a really specific theme park too. It's yeah, like a Rocky Mountain haunted house, something or other. Yeah, like know. a haunted mine shaft or something. And, yeah. and it's entirely to pay off sort of a, you know, everybody laugh end of credits gag. Like they, they got to the end of the episode and didn't have like a, a weird everybody laugh at something. Yeah. Because, like, I got promoted to assistant shift manager. Everybody laughs. Like, that's, you know, like, you need, like, some weird, like... So it's a it's a minecart thing, and he was in a mine where he was kidnapped. So he's like, gosh, I've had enough of that for one time. And, and then they, everybody the laughs. Other guys, yeah, let's <laughs> the other guys have, have his tickets. But just what a weird... Hey, have some theme park tickets. Who, who just, like, has theme park tickets? <laughs> He's got a stash of them. It's in his morale drawer. Great like, job, Janae, at this, that tricky shift that you had. 
Here's tickets to go to a goddamn Disney World or wherever. Have fun, kid. Like maybe he's a scalper on the side. Oh, that would you know, make sense. You know, Mr. Ostley. Yeah. Yeah, he's for all those a... cool Denver uh, events or whatever, wherever they are. Yeah, yeah. If they are in Denver, that adds like a whole new series of questions. But I would love See, it. If... This was the first episode that didn't have a. Uh like a really hammy like let's go to hollywood or yeah to the mm-hmm. houston astrodome that's yeah. true that's true and bright sides again we got paul back we did just a little bit a little bit of paul just a kiss of paul <laughs> <laughs> which dash. one which one was paul he's got the glasses oh yeah glasses <laughs> kid. okay yeah, yeah. Paul's yeah. fine we he's like cool. paul he's, he's a technician paul's pretty likable yeah, uh, and Sarah is there, but she does not speak. That's great. Yeah, she's it's better. We've we've described her in the past as like Dora the Explorer never grew up. Oh no. Um, she just wow, she talks Allo. like that. Oh, Allo, we gotta save you from the Tyrannos. Oh, that's hey horrifying. Bronto, do you want to go to Hollywood with me? <laughs> oh no. Um, it's really it's really fantastic. <laughs> oh, so no. we're we're happy that she didn't talk. Yeah, that's fine. Um, cool. Well, on the whole, this episode, I feel like I might even, I might suggest this one as like a, Hey, want to get into dinosaurs? Maybe check out this goofy one. Yeah. I think that and the baseball one where everybody plays baseballs with their bazookasauruses. Yeah. uh, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I would say those two are so far peak (laughs) dinosaurs. So I guess you're welcome, Allison. Yeah. You, uh, thank you so much for introducing me to this show. <laughs> it yeah. sure is a show. It's, it's a show. Yeah. It's a show. <laughs> it was fun. It was fun to watch. I li- I actually like straight up enjoyed uh, enjoyed this episode. The premise was so dumb and so weird. Uh, and um, you know, it was just really fun to watch these weird dinosaur mutants yell at each other. Yeah. <laughs> what more can you ask for in a cartoon? I say. What more? Uh, hey, Austin. Yeah, Rory. Uh, would you mind telling us about one of our new sponsors this week? I, I would love to. Yeah. Uh, did you have one in mind you wanted me to talk about? Yeah. It looks like we've gotten uh, we've gotten an ad from a company called Bone Scoops. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, Bone Scoops is the best. <laughs> so uh, I, I love Bone Scoops. Uh, I've been uh, using Bone Scoops for about six months now. It shows. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so bone scoops are kind of like uh, shoes, basically. But uh, but like, why should you have to like wear shoes? Why can't you just make your feet be shoes? You know. Oh. Um, so <laughs> so you know, do away with you know shoes, uh, socks. You know, say 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 goodbye to those stinky old feet. Uh, and, and dealing with socks and shoes. Uh, and so bone scoops go sort of right into the skin, like under the skin and into the bone. Uh, and they, they're like these little, uh, you know, like little, little scoops that sort of, you know, that are made from, uh, you know, sort of like a, a, a thermoplastic that, you know, conform to your bones 
um, and they just sort of slide right inside. And then you can just kind of walk on stuff. Uh, I've been walking on broken glass. I've been walking <laughs> on, um, you know, old needles. Um, you know, just the kind of stuff that you would walk on normally that you would want shoes for. And, Does it still uh, hurt? Uh, it does, but it doesn't go as far as you would think. Oh. Uh, so they they sort of scoop your bones up in a way from the problem. Uh, they're really great for arch support. Uh, and uh, so and, and they're great for running. So uh, plus you will not even feel your skin. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, so if you're tired of, like, skin getting you down on your feet, yeah, yeah this is, like, forget about it, sister. Um, so, wow. yeah, I, I really like bone scoops. Sweet. Great. Mm-hmm. That's terrifying. That is actually really upsetting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want anything to do with bone scoops. <laughs> <laughs> The Digits. The Digi Digital Monsties. Yeah. yeah. So we watched episode seven of this one. It's called mm-hmm. Ikakuman's Harpoon Torpedo. Shpoo. Uh I got a I got a hot little blurby. Ty and Matt argue whether they should climb Infinity Mountain. Joe and Gomamon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Uh, that Joe... was my favorite part of the episode already. It was just like, should we climb the infinitely huge mountain? And then that was not a conversation ended. Uh, uh, Joe and Gomamon decide to climb the mountain by themselves. And while on the mountain, they're attacked by a Unimon. So that is that. And you're right. Infinity Mountain. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and our um, boy Matt, our boy Matt, spearheading the right side of that conversation. No kidding. Ty, Ty's trying to go up this infinite mountain, and Matt's just like, uh, "I mean, you're Ty, so dumb." Ty's a bit of an idiot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Ty is. Ty is full idiot. Ty's pretty dumb. So I have a really complicated relationship with Digimon. Uh, yeah. Okay, let's hear. This was it. this was a it. this was a show that I watched religiously when I was a kid. Uh, like. In the grand Pokemon versus Digimon war, like everyone knows that the Pokemon games were the best. But for me, the TV show for Digimon was really interesting. Uh, So Mm -hmm. the first like 30 episodes are like this. It's very formulaic. It's very like, oh, we have to go through each of the kids getting each of their Digivolutions. Oh, yay. And then like the show just gets really bizarre and really meta and explores things that I I never really thought kids shows could really do. Uh, So like going back to the very beginning and watching this episode was really interesting for me because Joe was always one of my favorite characters on the show. Uh, Mm. Not necessarily because he's like super badass or like really like funny or interesting, but like he fits a trope space that you don't see in American television ever. Uh, He's not the brain. He's like Izzy and he's not the idol like Matt and TK are. He's this just like every man who is trying his best. (laughs) <laughs> and like honestly wants to do what's right, honestly wants to do what's difficult. And so I thought that this episode was really, really interesting, like just from like the perspective of trying to figure out what trope space this character fills. Yeah, the dude just and, wants to and go again, home. Like, 
that we kind of learn about this sort of uh, experience that they've they've started to build sort of between the between the panels, you know, uh, outside the show. Yeah. Uh, it seems that they use Joe for some, you know, his advice is is considered somewhat somewhat uh, sagely. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. taken seriously, even though as a character up to this point, we've mostly seen him for bits. Right. There's yeah. been no real evidence that his advice is anything other than. Um, right. What what would be the easiest way to get out of trouble? Sure. Yeah, and he's he's kind of been the target for people to shit on. Like he's the easiest person for everyone. He's a to wiener. Be like, he's been a wiener. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, he's a wiener. And the show really commits to it too. Like yeah, even his Digimon doesn't like him. <laughs> oh man! And he's like yeah, I find and that like, fascinating yeah. too. Like the relationship between him and his Digimon is totally different than anyone else's. Like he kind of resents Gomamon. Like. He's like, I don't really want one of these little animal critter things. I don't need one of these animal critter things. This whole thing is ridiculous. I just want to leave. Like, he's the only one of the kids who hasn't bought into the saccharine, uh, like, wonderland that they've been transported right. to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. He's, you know, everyone else is, is, like, halfway through their hero's journey right now. And Joe is just like, nope, nope, nope. Let's go home. Yeah, <laughs> I've also found I found Ty to be a lot more palatable now that they've sort of leaned into him being a bit of an idiot. Right before <laughs> his his idiocy didn't feel intentional and it was kind of grating. Right, right. And now that he's just sort of now that they we all kind of know he's a bit of a dummy, it just kind of works a little bit more for me. He's a lot. Oh, yeah. He's his 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 screen presence is a lot better. Yeah. Well, we're not like. We're not having to follow him right now as the main character of the show because, like, every yeah. episode right now has a different main character. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but that will go away, I assume, you know, once we stop doing the sort of, like, Well, yeah, select, we're, we're, we're going to be out of, out of our, like, seven intro episodes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the cool thing they do is they start um, they start kind of mixing and mashing. So it'll be a Joe and Sora episode or a Mimi and Matt episode. Right. And you still kind of get that, like, one or two character focus yeah Mm -hmm. well yeah because again the show has 14 main characters so yeah right yeah it's kind of ridiculous it's kind of ridiculous but it also has staying power like i i watched the um the version of the series that just aired like i think last year uh which follows up with these characters that you see right now except 10 years later and it's still super fascinating. Like they just like take these relationships and then just manage to like keep it going because there's literally 14 of them. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Like Digimon's got where it counts. Yeah. You know what also, I, you, Joe, Joe can make a pretty banging set of chopsticks and bowls out of uh, out of nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was going to say, you know what else? That. You know what else they got that counts? Like a fuckload of eggs in a weird fridge. They got lots yeah, of those. That is never explained nope. in this episode. They nope. just kind of leave it. No need leave to. Leave it be. You know, I mean, some people want to freeze their eggs. That's a good strategy. <laughs> yep. Um, it's a fridge full of eggs in Japanese Narnia. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, every other like derelict piece of, of human history ha- has not worked. Like the, the phones and the, the car uh but the refrigerator has eggs. Yeah, the refrigerator is full of eggs. <laughs> so it hasn't been like eaten by shit monsters. No. I think that I think that it it is important to note that they start this episode just completely bitching about how cold it is. Yeah. Uh, that sort of goes away at some point. Like they just sort it of it's like the first 20 seconds, I don't know, like 3 minutes of the of the episode, let's be real. 
uh, about how cold it is. Right. They, they find like, they're like, oh, crap, there's a hot spring over there. And then it turns out it's boiling. And they're like, well, we can't take a bath in this. And then they find a refrigerator. So it's just like, it's more of their weird storytelling where they're just sort of ping-ponging from set piece to set piece that doesn't make any sense and they don't actually have to explain to us. Oh, yeah. Uh, I find it a, a little intriguing and a little lazy um, because they yeah, don't actually have to give going. us context. It's Japanese right. Narnia. Like, uh, it, the sooner you accept it is Japanese Narnia, the, the quicker it goes by. <laughs> Why is there a lamppost? Because there needs to be. Why is there a fridge full <laughs> of eggs? Because it has to be. Why would it be any other way? You're Accepted. right. You're so right. I guess right. that's that's a good point, Alison. Yeah. Thank you for that shift in perspective. Yeah, no problem. Think, <laughs> like we've think, got, think kind of been talking about it. it. It's got a sort of uh, a sort of like dystopic sort of post-war feeling to it. Oh, you know, it's this this island that has just little tiny pieces of human history, yeah. but is otherwise oh. just completely unrecognizable. Oh no, yeah, I don't think it's nearly that. Uh, no, uh, it's not that dark. Yeah, no, it's it's a it's a happy, fun place. Like that <laughs> has been tainted by yucky things, but I don't know. The digital world is supposed to be sort of like a weird mirror of the physical one. So like and, sometimes little things sneak over from one side to the other. And, and somehow digital. Yeah. Yeah, and it's and it's digital. You know, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah, it's digital. It's the computer. It may, the computer bits come into play like. 50 episodes down the line, but they do. It's important. Man, I can't wait. Okay. Break out the popcorn. (laughs) Um, so I do like, I do like that they find all these eggs. It's really, uh, weird, but Joe, Joe is not about it. Sorry. Nah, dog. Joe is completely not about these eggs. And I'm inclined to sort of almost agree with him for a second because they find weird eggs in a weird fridge that shouldn't be there and it's like let's all just eat that's like a recipe for you know either getting really sick or mama bird showing up with her like like she's a fridge bird (laughs) right like i don't fucking know what digimon can be it could easily be a fridge bird digimon that gets really pissed that you're eating her children but then matt is like, well, we don't have a choice because we're all really hungry. And I'm immediately like just totally okay with it because words from his mouth are like a bomb <laughs> to the soul. And yeah. I I love him. I I just I I agree with everything he says. Um Yeah, well Joe Joe's sort of in an interesting place where I feel like this is the first episode where his complaints have actually been logical. Yes. Yeah. Where, like, the yeah. things he complains about are actually, like, yeah, you know, he does actually have a good point. Uh, that's does make sense. And it's not just, he's not just being sort of the heel um, that just makes you, like, complain about. Uh, and, and you know, obviously, I mean, it makes sense since this is his episode. But he also, like, he, he will complain about things for the sake of safety and survival. But then when it also comes down to safety and survival, he's also, like complains about those things too <laughs> which is kind of fr- like oh you guys we're, we we need to like survive the cold and we have to go home and all and then it's like okay well we need to eat to survive like well maybe we, we shouldn't eat this like god joe just and then and then they're like trying to be happy and they're like hey oh, how do you like your eggs back home and they're like i like my eggs this way and he's like oh eggs should only be eaten with salt and pepper <laughs> oh. and yeah Though, to be fair, Izzy likes to eat his with jelly beans and mustard, so... <laughs> um, it's a weird little kid. Well, Izzy's a weirdo. Like, he doesn't yeah. count. 
<laughs> yeah, the, the, the conversation about point. what they eat with their eggs was was a an odd an odd bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what are the other things that they say? Someone likes it with uh, soy sauce and right. salsa. maple syrup. Salsa. Oh yeah, Mimi likes maple syrup all over her eggs. Like I get <laughs> that. Joe but... gets really angry. It's just eat them plain. <laughs> Yeah. his best and i know that like we're kind of supposed to hate joe and and we're supposed to hate joe for this two-thirds of the episode and see sort of the contradiction where he's kind of not really the hero on any side of an argument mm-hmm. uh and that yeah. kind of like contradiction so that his like resolution to actually not suck you know makes more sense and actually feels like he's earned it yeah um i mean he's a big and- damn hero later yeah, yeah, and yeah. it was really nice. It was really nice to finally see Joe like consciously decide to not suck. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's true. His his overall arc is about him just going out of his way to either keep up appearances or to keep his friends safe, like often at the expense of his own like ego and body and <laughs> safety. Uh, <laughs> He, yeah, it's it's this really strange brand of protectiveness uh, that is like really selfish, but also not selfish at the same time. Mm-hmm. I I find him a really interesting character. Yeah, it's although up until the point that he decides to climb Infinity Mountain, it's a rough episode. <laughs> oh it's, yeah, you know, like oh, yeah. it's just like everybody's shouting. I don't and know. I liked that. So I liked it because for once the drama in the episode was not from something external, but it was about the the people. Totally. Yeah. Right. Like, <clears throat> like the, the actual there was actual conflict in the episode and not, not just, oh, no, there's an angry Digimon that's trying to kill us. But mm-hmm. like, actually, they're getting on each other's nerves. And I did appreciate that. Also, that put us into the best line that I never expected in this episode or this show at all, where Matt and Ty are fighting about what to do next. And Ty's getting all up in his face. And Matt says, put your fists down when you talk to me. And I was like, I, I damn. That. He says, put your fists down when you talk to me and stop acting like you can just bully your way into being the leader. Oh, Whoa, I dude. love that. I was like, oh. holy shit, Matt. You're, I love that. It's like, so we just can, got lit up. We can yeah. argue, but you will not physically threaten me, Ty. And I was like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, well, if that's your favorite <clears throat> part, then after Joe's climb becomes my favorite part, which is dealing with uh, the actual angry Digimon that is out to kill them, which is Unimon, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Horse Robocop. <laughs> I, I pictured him as like, yeah, as, uh, as, yeah, as a guy. yeah. And I think from here on out, he should be referred to as Horse Robocop. Horse, yeah, I, I, I can't even remember what his actual name is. It's yeah, forever this... Horse Robocop. This is a goofy fucking Digimon. He's pretty dumb. I and cannot take him dumb. seriously, well, but I here's... also want a poster of him on my wall. <laughs> <laughs> the weird thing is that in the original Japanese, he never spoke. He just growls. I had that. I had a theory that they that... added that in post. Yeah, that makes more sense. That yeah. uh, Horse Robocop does not have lines. I mean, when he when he talks, it's dumb. <laughs> he has it's the worst dumb. voice. It's like yeah. halfway towards British, and he's like, "Hello, come on, oh, and it's I'm gonna do an aerial attack." It doesn't. Yeah, it's it doesn't make any sense. It's not needed. It's just like, well, you know, uh, we should get the kids. You know, they should know what's going on. 
You know, don't get bored if, it, hor- if horse robot crap isn't talking. Yeah. Well, and uh, something we talked about before, where uh, maybe not so much in the in a in a Japanese land fe- uh, landscape of different different animes, but on TV in the states, Digimon was kind of the Pokemon, but they talk. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's true. Yeah. No, that's that's a really good point. They ha- it helps them. The more they talk, it's more different from Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Although yeah. they could talk on Monster Rancher too. But, yeah, uh, but nobody watched Monster Rancher. I yeah, love Monster Rancher. Monster Monster shit. <laughs> You're a bad friend. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, put your fists down when you... <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, the other thing I was going to mention when we were talking about uh, about Joe is that the other thing that I found out about the the Japanese original stuff with Joe is that something that they have gotten rid of in the dub is that Joe is the oldest. Yeah. Oh, um, see, that would make more that's, sense. Yeah, that's a big part of it. And that Joe Joe feels responsible. Like, I, that was the part that confused me the most about this episode is he keeps going on about how he's the one responsible and has to be the voice of reason. I'm like, why does it have oh, to be you? Yeah. That's but yeah. he's the oldest, and that's why he feels that way. And see, he's let yeah. Ty bully his way into being the leader. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's so, drama, dog. So Joe, Joe's old, but he's also sort of ineffectual. So, uh, so that 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 made me kind of like him a little more when I read that, and I don't know why they would have omitted it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why they did either. That's a really big part. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I, I I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure they haven't mentioned yet that yet in the show that he's yeah, that no. he's older than anyone. No. Uh, uh, there's another stray moment. Uh, so Joe gets attacked, and is dealing with horse horse robocop uh <laughs> up on the mountain and then uh his cooler friends come in and save him with their yes yeah, source in with bergermon and bergermon is dope yeah, yeah. and bergermon uh, rules graymon graymon comes in and throws in a very weird line i don't know what? if you heard him say i'm styling dude Oh, Greymon. Oh, God. And I don't think we've heard Greymon say anything much other other than his name before. Yeah. Right? Like, he talked a little bit when he first showed up in The Birth of Greymon, like episode three or four. I don't remember him speaking. I certainly don't remember him being a sass master. No. Uh, Agumon and all of his dumb iterations are all little idiots who grow into slightly taller idiots. I kind of like him, though. I like him because uh, but one he's thing like... I wanted to mention before we keep rolling when when Bergamon, so Bergamon slam dunks uh, horse Robocop <laughs> yeah uh, but then she kind of also gets she gets whacked pretty hard yeah and uh, without a moment's thought Sora just jumps off the cliff after her <laughs> <laughs> yeah because Sora's a baller go, yeah my injured bird will catch me yeah <laughs> yeah Sora is full on my favorite character still. She's um, great. And I just, I want more out of her. Her one episode didn't give me as much as I wanted, but I, I hear yeah, I get shit. more later. Well, that yeah, would, and, and nice. her kind of being team mom sort of has, it's got more gravity to an episode like this mm-hmm. where she she breaks up Ty and Matt's fight. Yep. Um, And then also shows up to save the day. Yeah, that's true. She's not just kind of being... um you know, mothering and kind of uh, craning over everything. She's she's sort of doing the important things a mom does. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so then uh, Joe's Digimon finally, after like eight 
different opportunities finally digivolves into Ikakuman. Um, and then does a really confusing harpoon torpedo, which so, I yeah. love explaining to me. Try to describe him is sort of like a furry dog walrus with <laughs> yeah. a yeah, with a horn that mm-hmm. comes off that he can fire and as a yeah. missile. Yeah, it's like he's if, a cool. He's a like, cool seal thing. Like if Santa Claus was a harp seal. <laughs> But but when he fires his horn out, his horn is still there. Yeah, he, gets, he grows a new yeah. one. It, it's like instant. It's like in, a instant new grow. And He's a digital monster. Asshole splits apart and becomes a like a missile. Yeah, uh, I don't know. It, it's Which, like it has a, a, a like a rocket ship, like a, like different phases that break off and reveal the true part inside, and then they like home in. It's like it's the harpoon part, and then the torpedo part. Yeah, it just it's thematically very uh, incongruous. I follow completely. Okay. He's, a, he's a harpoon. He's a seal. It's a nautical theme. He launches it with oh, harpoon missiles. Yeah. Okay. Al- Allison Lurz, Digimon apologist, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tag Digimon apologist underneath the other things that I apologize for on like a regular basis. Great. Yeah, that's a built-in Twitter bio right there. It really is. Digimon apologist, lost apologist, Kanye West apologist. <laughs> oh, uh, I have a theme. Oh god. Unimon didn't do it. Yeah, <laughs> I do. I do want to point out real fast though. Uh, just uh, etymology wise, uh, black ears are good for the economy. <laughs> yes, black ears are good for the economy. <laughs> Buy black ears. Uh, but ikaku, sell, sell, sell. I- ikaku uh, means narwhal. Oh, okay. There, so, see, it's uh, a nautical theme. So he's a he's a narwhal sort of. I don't know. Well, he's well, got, I disagree he's got big with paws. that. I know. <laughs> That's what the original Japanese thought he was because of the horn, right? I mean, it's a horn. Yeah. I get it. I get it. But no, I like I like your. That's the uh, only thing with horns in Japan. <laughs> 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 well, guess that's the only sea beast. Yeah, and then <laughs> somehow uh, they get to the top of Infinity Mountain. They do. Yeah, and then we get the to one see the whole island. <laughs> you never go to the top of Infinity Mountain. Uh, yeah, they can see the whole island, Yay. and there's nothing. Mm-hmm. They it's get up there, an and it was worthless. But it does kind of thematically like tie together the end of this arc of like, hey, we've explained all the characters. We've I guess we've seen sort of we've seen the whole island. Yeah. You know, we've sort of seen all the biomes and and now something new is going to happen. What happens next? I I don't know. Who Yeah, I don't know either. It's a mystery. I don't watch ahead, Allison. Find out next week. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry that nine-year-old Allison watched it all already. Musical guest. And has a mind like a steel trap. (laughs) Yeah. Because I am seeing these episodes for the first time, a a second (laughs) time. Oh, you've never rewatched? I I remember nothing from... (laughs) Oh. Wow. That's actually fascinating. I I thought for sure with with your fervor about Digimon that you might have rewatched. There are there are bits that I remember not bits but like there there are elements that don't shock me uh, like I remembered having seen Unimon again, mm-hmm. uh, but the actual plot is, is has been completely fresh for every. Episode. I mean, you don't really forget a cybernetic Pegasus donkey. <laughs> it's hard to forget a, a horse Robocop. Yeah, it's good stuff. I 
want. I want all the all the Unimon I can get. <laughs> we'll do our damnedest to make that possible, Austin. Thank Don't God. worry. Thank God. Yep, we got you. And Digimon is go. That's a wrap. That's gonna be. I'm testing out some new, like closing lines. Are you <laughs> Digimon is go? Digimon is go. Yeah, I think we'll I think we'll do that. I think you know. Okay. And one thing in the last couple that. episodes have ended with. Uh, oh, I guess I didn't mean. I guess we sort of re re, re restarts the Digimon conversation. But the last couple <laughs> after damn it, Rory. the black gear, the Digimon's just been like, well, that's the way to go. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they that's didn't true. do this time. I don't think. No. Now they're aimless. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Unimon just peaced out. He was like, well, I don't talk much when there's no gears in my back, so... <laughs> well, I'm not evil anymore, so... But I've got, yeah, wings. I'm well, they didn't animate me robot. talking, so... <laughs> Later. Time to go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll be going. <laughs> All right. Digimon is go. Yeah. That's a lock Woo. on Digimon. <laughs> Hey, Allison. Hi, Andy. How are you? I'm doing really swell. That's really great. Uh, we thought we'd uh, we'd let you talk about this next sponsor. Is that okay? Of course it is. Here you go. Uh, I'm I'm emailing you the copy for this right now. Oh. Uh, oh. Buzz, 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 buzz. There it is. Oh, 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 I'm I'm reading your text right now. Yeah. So can you tell us all about cabinet juice? Yeah, cabinet juice. I'm so glad you asked. So cabinet juice is the hot new product for millennials who want that um, new cabinetry look, but can't afford to change anything in their apartment. Otherwise their landlord will kick them out and there's no way that they could find housing right now. So cabinet juice is uh, this uh, smearable stain you put on your cabinets <laughs> and it makes them look like you've stained it with like an actual wood stain. Like it looks really fancy and nice, but you could totally just wipe it off with a simple household cleaner. Wow. Cabinet juice. That sounds great. So it's a, it's a British company. Mm. Yeah, it's a, it's a, a cabinet, cabinet juice. <laughs> now, didn't they have... Uh, now, I, I, I heard that they originated actually in Scotland, and they had like a weirder, more Scottish name for it. What was that? Yeah, that, that would be um, uh, cab, uh, cabinet smear, is, uh, <laughs> is what it was. Um, gotcha. But, so that is yeah. sort of make it more... You know, BBC English. Yeah, but the English thought that that smear was was too crude of a word, so it's juice. That makes sense. Yeah, um, it actually comes from a fruit, you know. Um, really? Really? Yeah, yeah. It's this. Uh, it's uh, this really special fruit that is only grown in Scotland that they juice for the juice <laughs> for the cabinets. Wow, I'm glad it's not toxic. I assume. No, it's not. Uh, technically, you could eat it in like a weird smoothie. <laughs> so um you can also like get a really cool code for it by going to cabinetjuice underscore co dot uk and uh using the using the discount code satam tuesdays sign me up mm. Mm, cabinet <laughs> juice so speaking of tokyo <laughs> You can't just come out of nothing with that. <laughs> I know. I know. Pretend okay. we had a really great Tokyo lead-in. Yeah. Oh. That we wow. didn't cut out. What a good lead-in. 
Welcome, welcome to Sailor Moon episode two. Or is it? Speaking of winning love mm. by daylight. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I guess did we did we talk about the episode controversy at length in uh, in episode one? I think we did mention it. We, we mentioned should touch it. on it again yeah, because did, now it's come up. Now we're on. Yeah, now, I don't now know the story a, behind there's two this. timelines. So okay, sorry, Allison. Uh, Allison said she doesn't know what's going on with this. Um, oh yeah, I did, don't know the story behind the, the missing you, episode. Did any of you guys watch it? Yes. Oh, the the Japanese one. I oh. did try. It was uh, a. It was a little much to be watching this as a as a subtitled anime. Yeah. It's just on top of everything else, you've also now got everybody has different names <laughs> and it's just so chaotic. So uh, I can kind of follow it with without having to read, but it's pretty busy with subtitles. Yeah. So I can uh, I did I did watch the episode. So the deal with this uh god, is this like a weird little is this a weird little segment? Uh is this uh what we we call it uh Saturday Anime morning boy talks about skipped episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say Saturday morning, Tuesday after dark, after dark band episodes. Our, our anime boy tells you about all the risque episodes that were too <laughs> uncool, too uncouth for American children. American what happened in it? Uh, Give us a deets. Ooh, yeah. So the episode was called Punishment Awaits, colon, ooh. The House of Fortune is the Monster Mansion. Whoa. Um, Which is a dope-ass name. <laughs> pretty really good great. name. Uh, but they skipped this episode. They didn't do this one. Um, primarily because of, and I, I'm going to use all of the good names, the English names that we're using to keep it consistent, uh, Melvin. Um, so the main, I mean, as few words as possible, the plot's about, like, a, there's, like, this fortune teller, uh, which, of course, is another Jadeite plot uh, to steal human life essence. Um, and it's like this fake fortune teller and all the kids are going and when they get their fortune told the, they get cursed with like this card that like inserts itself into their clothes and then it removes all of their inhibitions from doing anything bad. Uh, and every time they like act on their desires to do something shitty, uh, more of their life force gets sucked away and they get become slaves. Um, and so Melvin is the first one to get fucked because he's like all into Serena and he he shows up at school and he's dressed in like this suit and <laughs> and he's not in his normal uniform his school uniform and he walks up to Serena and he's like hey let's go on a date and she's like Whoa, what and then the teacher comes up uh, and she's like what are you wearing and he like walks by her and he's like nah and flips up her skirt and we get this full like butt shot of the teacher's underwear Whoa. Um, and then she starts crying and like does that whole no one's ever going to marry me thing. Uh, and and then, you can't really cut around that, can you? It's difficult to cut around that. Uh, there's moments later where Melvin and the other like cursed boys are throwing rocks through the window of the school. And uh, Serena comes up and Melvin comes up and is like, kiss me. And like gets real close to her and she starts crying. And Whoa. then she gets real freaked out about it. And then everyone's like, oh, she's crying so loud. And then they they leave. And then later when they go and, like, confront the big angry fortune teller evil demon lady, she, like, snaps her fingers and all the boys turn around and they go after her with, like, outstretched rapey hands. Oh. It's just, it's, it was, there's it's a definitely, yeah, yeah, there's definitely there's a lot moments, going on there. It's like, that would be hard to cut around. I kind of get why they decided just not to adapt it. Um, but if you want to watch it, it's on Hulu. Uh, it's not, I mean, it's not, it's not that bad, all things considered, right? I mean, I'm describing it in terms of why they, they skipped it. Uh, but there's a lot of decent content around it, right? Around those moments. It's an okay episode. Anyway, 
That so, was the skipped episode. Interesting. So the one we actually watched. Mm-hmm. Um, you this have one. a summary for that? I do. I can summarize. I can oh. summarize you. Yes, I've been talking okay, a lot. Okay, so it goes, uh, all the girls in town are tuning into a late night radio program called, uh, oh, this is the uh, the Japanese name. It was Loveline, right? Yep, Loveline. Yeah. Called Loveline that reads out love letters sent in, to, sent in by listeners. Meanwhile, a strange sleeping sickness is plaguing the town, causing people to fall into a coma-like state, including Miss Haruna. Uh, I don't remember her, the teacher's name. It is actually it? is Haruna in, in Oh, it is, they kept it as Miss Haruna, okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah? Uh, yeah. That summary is pretty, pretty prosy. It is. Um... So the interesting thing, I don't, I'm, I'm not going to belabor this whole like difference between Japanese and English version too much, but the, the interesting thing I found is that they, they actually, they removed all references in this episode to it really being a disease. Uh, there are many points during this episode where multiple people mention like, Ooh, there's this disease going around that makes you like comified. And they don't mention that at all in the English dub. They just made like yeah, that a was choice. Not, that was not in the dub. They just made a choice to be like, no, there's just, uh, we're just, we don't know what's going on. People are just like, wow, she's really sleepy. Are you sure you should have called the ambulance on that? And you're like, yeah, (laughs) she's pretty sleepy. She's pretty sleepy. (laughs) Um, I like that. I like that late night radio program they're listening to though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, with Adam Kroll and Dr. Drew, I used to listen to it all the time, (laughs) but that was a different love line. Yeah. Different. Also, apparently Adam Kroll is a piece of shit now, so that's extra frustrating. But you know what? It's uh, it's, it happens. What happens? What happens? And and uh, this is a very different show. <laughs> so, this is this does not talk about why like my my penis looks weird. What's going on? <laughs> like that was that was the yeah real love like line on this show. Yeah, no, not not on Sailor Moon love line. No, no, this was this was reading you know wistful letters of of romance yeah it's like instead of sending their love letters to the person they're in love with they send it to the radio instead in hopes of getting prizes uh which is a little weird but like also all the teen girls are listening to it like oh love is so great wow wow although i I had someone like that i do love that serena's wish is not that she had someone like that she cares about being a dj he was like, oh, I want to be a DJ, <laughs> which is great. I love that. Love Serena. Oh, Serena's the best. Um, the other thing that happened in that skipped episode is that we actually meet this character at the game store, the game center. Uh, oh, yeah, uh, that guy. dub name, I believe, is Andrew, but we haven't gotten it yet. Um, we meet him in the episode they skipped. Oh, yeah. Uh, and she's, like, way into him. Uh She's she's super into Andrew, but not into Darian, which, of course, we know what the end game is. It's obviously going to be Darian. Mm-hmm. Um, but Andrew's Andrew's interesting because he's just like he's that uninteresting boy. That's just nice. You're like you have one character trait and it's that you're dependable and kind of cute. Right. Like yeah. there's nothing interesting really about him. Doesn't need to be. No. Yeah. He's an object of of longing. Um, but I, I do, I do like him, but yeah, I just wanted to point that out cause we get like this weird little moment with him and then he's not explained. Yeah. The one thing I also would have liked to see in this episode that I'm guessing there was a little bit of in the second episode in the real second episode was, um, you know, some kind of like 
middle point between learning that you're Sailor Moon and like being kind of comfortable with it in this episode because like you know it, it was kind of like a big jump in her confidence yeah and, totally and I don't know if there was sort of a shift where it was like hey I'm still kind of learning this thing to the one we saw where it's like yeah this works every time I know how this I know what to do Ah, I well, mean, th- not there's really. A fun, there's a fun <laughs> little really? play okay. on what we what we touched on in the first episode, where, uh, you know, these the sort of power words and how you have to say them in an exact way for that for it mm-hmm. to work. Yeah. Because she has a line where she sort of she she sort of starts ad libbing her her. her uh, <laughs> yeah, I like that a lot. Her, her lines and the cat's just like, dude, <laughs> say them how I taught you, or it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I love that she's like feeling comfortable enough now to like kind of freestyle and make it her own and not just like say exactly what she's supposed to say. Yeah. But she still doesn't like do it all herself. And I think that's one of my favorite things about Sailor Moon is that they allow the main character to fail. Absolutely. And not necessarily like do things in the way you would expect, like the lead of like an action adventure, like magical girl show to do. So this the show came out like at a time when the only acceptable way for like a woman on TV or in cartoons to like be successful and fight was to basically like pretend to be a guy. Like right. if she fights and she's a super badass and doesn't feel bad about anything, that was like the only way to be like successful, uh, like have a successful character on that show. Right. And what makes Serena so amazing is that she cries and she gets upset <laughs> and she gets really nervous and she uh, likes girly things and is obsessed with boys. Like they allow her to be a teenage girl who does succeed and does do amazing things, but does it because of her strengths as a person, not necessarily because she's pretending to be a dude. So while she does get saved uh, by Tuxedo Mask at the very end, it's never in the sense of like she was waiting for him to save. Like she was having a tough moment. He shows up, distracts the bad guy, uh, and then she takes care of it and it's done. Yeah, Yeah. he Uh, he doesn't stay to like steal the thunder. He's like... No, he, he never does. He does the equivalent of like running by, throwing down a flash bomb, and being like, "Do your best, goodbye." Yeah, and that's, <laughs> and that's just, that. Like that's what Tuxedo Mask does. Uh, he shows up to cheerlead on and be like, "I believe in you. You can do it." And then she does it, and that's what makes this show so amazing. My work here uh, is done, but you didn't do yeah. anything. <laughs> didn't I? Like that's it. That's it. Exactly. Yeah. Like, and I mean, when they do eventually date further down the line, like that's their relationship too. Is he shows up and he cheerleads and he says, "I believe in you. You can do it." And she says, "I believe in you. You can do it." And then they do their thing separately, and that's great. And like that's the kind of relationship that I want to see uh, mm-hmm. in a, in a show. Yeah, yeah. I like how tuxedo. The name tuxedo mask is, you know, just like a series of observations. <laughs> you know like about what he has like if he was wearing something different like if he was wearing something different he could easily be called like sport coat sunglasses <laughs> sweatsuit sombrero oh, sweatsuit sombrero <laughs> oh god he's so dreamy oh i love him dun, dun, yeah. dun, 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 dun. um romper I'm... ponytail <laughs> romper ponytail that's a villain <laughs> yeah that could be a villain um Okay, so we've talked in general about the episode. I wanted to point out one of my favorite moments is right at the beginning because they're listening to the 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 cutesy little radio show with all the love letters, and they read one, and it's clearly from their teacher. 
and yeah. and oh, Serena's yeah. like, "What is that, Miss Harna? No, it's impossible. Teachers never have boyfriends." <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> I love that. I love the the sort of childlike thing where you're like, "No, oh, yeah. teachers aren't people. They don't. They show oh, up." I do remember even into high school. I mean. A teacher having a spouse wasn't weird, but I had two teachers start dating, and it was sort of the talk of the town. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, right. yeah. Right, because they should all be, like, married and have kids and, like, have their yeah, lives go, together. Go be like, a proper adult. You know, like, their, parents. Their lives are done. That's why they're here. Right. <laughs> Making right, they're our here lives for us. interesting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my favorite line was from the teacher, too, when she was, like, falling asleep and she just kind of slurs out, read chapter one through thirty-five in any book you want. When the belt goes off, I, res- I respect that. Yeah, she I do great. too. Um, yeah, yeah. They, the the sort of the gimmick this time that Jadeite is trying is uh, that as a prize for having your letter read uh, on the show, you get sent this flower brooch that totally makes you comatose and sucks all your life away. Um, which is a really obvious way to go about it. Like they really couldn't. It's a common theme. It's also needlessly complicated. And like, if they're only picking one winner, their like spread is going to be super, like super slow. Yeah. Yeah. Sailor Moon has a, has a bad habit of like their bad dudes going with, uh, diabolical plans that involve objects that like slowly make you feel like (laughs) shit. That's just, that's just something they do a lot. Yeah. Like. And, and like, recoverably <laughs> feel like shit, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. You're not going to be, like, completely, like, I don't know. You're not going to be permanently injured by anything. You're just going to feel like shit for a while and then maybe go, and then fall over. And that's about as bad as it gets. Do you ever notice how middle-aged women in the town keep getting blue tongues? <laughs> <laughs> Easily be something like that. It must be the new lollipop store that just came out. Must ah, be. Come by lollipops. I'm not a demon. <laughs> And it seems like they don't really have too much, uh, too much concern for, um, you know, whether or not it's it's a uh, it's a topic or just a literal plot device. Uh, so, for example, we talked about the episode that made all the boys, the cursed boys, turn gross. Yeah, <laughs> like that at least that has some that's got some legs as a as something we can talk about, you yeah. know, in a oh, science yeah. fiction show. And this was just uh, people who read into a love line get sleepy. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, you it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't shy away from just being like, well, this one this time well, people get sleepy. It, yeah, <laughs> there we go. There it yeah. Is. I mean, you could talk about it. Yeah, how like maybe inherently boys have some sort of, you know, like capacity for for violence and and for like so, so understanding some, restraint. There's some point like, in their life where they suddenly turn icky for no reason. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you could talk about puberty. You could talk about that kind of stuff. You know, girls getting sleepy because they. Because they'd be flowers. liking flowers. Like, yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, there's not a lot of, not a lot there. It's a good point. But uh, uh, I did a... love a line. Mm. I really quick. One, one of my favorite lines was when her weird Brooklyn friend, Molly. Oh God, um, I when about Molly, the accent. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, hey, Serena. Uh, but when she. <laughs> She's like a, she's like so extreme. She's almost like a London soccer fan or something. You know, <laughs> that's like, exactly what she sounds like. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, she falls asleep, and then Serena falls asleep because she was next to her, and then her friends are like, "That's so weird." Well, 
Not like, for Serena. Like Serena, yeah, Molly, oh, yeah. no. Yeah. Like, it's not like, normal for people to fall asleep like that. Oh, yeah. Except Serena. <laughs> well, yeah, Serena. Yeah. I thought that was super oh, funny. I it's like great. that too. Love I love that. Serena. Also, yeah. she gets a pen that can allow her to shapeshift. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, which is but only into like disguises that are just convincing enough. Yeah, which I love. Like it's it's just the right amount of disguise. Like, like enough I can sneak in, not enough that I have to worry about like transforming back or anything. Yeah, it's a little. And, and, and had my favorite bit of the episode, uh, where she she wants to be she so she transforms into a a classy uh, talent agent, a sophisticated, a sophisticated yeah. uh, talent agent. And her cat uh, uh, is like, Serena, uh, high heels are going to be kind of difficult to fight in, don't you think? And she's yeah. like, uh, I said sophisticated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then immediately Which I wasn't it. sure to take it as meant that either she would be able to you know, run in high heels or just that they were, that was a, that conversation was a non-starter. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, have to, I have to wear them for this get up to work. You idiot. Yeah. Get with the times, Luna. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think in I think in the in the Japanese version I watched, she said uh she said something like I want to uh, transform into gorgeous uh gorgeous news lady is what she said. And Luna was like, "Did you really have to add gorgeous?" Like judging her <laughs> for wanting to be pretty. <laughs> it was a little come odd. Come on, Luna. Come on. <laughs> you you know, if I'm going to shape You're talking shift, to the millennial princess of the moon, damn it. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Of course I'm going to want to get hotter when I shape shift. Duh. Yeah. Yeah, so then she just kind of like brute forces her way into the radio station anyway. Yeah. Um, And then, uh, you know, fight some bad dudes and they get all shrivelly and gross. Well, uh, first though, she jumps. She, she comes in and she saves everybody by talk, like because he's live on the mic. Right. And she that's comes true. in oh, and yeah. she like she does some like she's like no nobody listen to this guy nobody do it because he's he's evil and those brooches are bad and he doesn't know one thing about love and 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 he's just a bad guy and like she just it's amazing it's like this really fun word vomit where she's just trying to tell people how bad he is before he cuts her off. Yeah. And it, it's full on Jedi in there doing the sexy voice, which yeah, I, which I love that, too. Yeah. I, I just the first time that he comes down to Earth and gets his hands dirty. It's to like be <laughs> sultry. Yeah. Oh, totally. <laughs> <laughs> just I like to be it. like a sexy NPR host. Which... Oh, yeah. This is also a common theme with the Sailor Moon villains. They're with all sexy NPR incredibly hosts. Incredibly sexy. Oh yeah, no. Well, them just like showing up, like to do like completely mundane shit that doesn't actually help their plan at all. <laughs> and they look. I hot. will disguise myself as a janitor and work a forty-hour week, <laughs> and then my secret plan will begin. Honestly, I would not be surprised. You know, I'm yeah. recalling that now being an incredibly recurring thing with Team Rocket too. Yeah, that's true. Oh yeah, yeah. You know they had to they had to infiltrate some mundane part of of something near the point of the episode <laughs> and like commit to it a hundred and ten percent. Oh yeah, yeah. That was great. Um. So then she transforms again, uh, and she fucking cuts a woman in half. Oh my god. Hell yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Slices her. Slices her in twain. Yeah. Usagi. Yeah. She been cleft. She been cleft in deuce. <laughs> As Walk up say. in the club with my cleft and deuce. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I mean, she throws her tiara. I mean, we didn't really, I didn't expect this to happen. It looks like she misses. I mean, I should have, I should have expected it. It's the classic moment where it's like, you missed, did I? But it like boomerangs back and and full on chops her in half in like this really epic anime silhouette moment. Uh, yeah. I was, yeah. I was not oh, expecting yeah. it. Oh, yeah. Dude. Serena is very good at exactly two things. Um, she is really good at throwing that tiara. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's really good at supporting her friends. And she's <laughs> awful at pretty much everything else. <laughs> she is, she is, she is a lover. She is not a fighter or a thinker. Or, she's kind um, of a fighter. Mm, she's a, she's enough of a fighter. Mostly, like what what makes her amazing is her like ability to function as a leader. Uh, Gumption. And, yeah, and that won't. Gumption. I mean, what what makes her awesome doesn't really come into play until the rest of the team shows up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, she's she's enough she's enough of a fighter to get stuff done. But she's not going to be gunning for a fight anytime soon. Right. That's right. not her deal. Um. So, something else before we like completely wrap up uh, and get to the sailor says um uh one thing that i really enjoy and i can't remember if we've talked about this before but compared to digimon that has all of the characters start from the beginning mm-hmm. the fact that we see in the theme song that there are multiple sailor scouts and we're at right episode two or episode three and there's not even a hint of adding to the team yet it's it's exciting. And if I was a kid who was watching this for the first time, I'd be like, oh, man, there's going to be more. And I like want to keep watching because I'm really curious oh, yeah. to see like see them add to the team. That's going to be super cool. Yeah. And comparing that to the, the American method of like of at least in the late 80s and, you know, early 90s of like, we're not going to give you an origin episode. Mm-hmm. You're just going to like, I mean. And I guess Digimon later, which was not American, but the point still stands of like, you know, you're just going to see everything at the beginning. You're going to get a huge dump because we think you're an idiot (laughs) and we don't think you're going to care unless everybody's all there. Oh, yeah. But, you know, I'll push back on the parts of that where I I, I think there there are shows that would have just been too, too much nonsense to have to cover every time if they didn't sort of do it that way, that, that it allows the show, I'm not going to say to be smarter, but certainly to get away with a much richer concept mm. than you could, you could afford to, to build uh, organically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. I can dig that. Depend on the show. Yeah. But, yeah. But yeah, I, just... I, I do agree that Sailor Moon starts as, it, you know, it, it has a, a, I guess what you might say, a, a more novel-esque form. Right. And showing us that, like, hey, this is what a completed piece is going to look like, but how are those pieces going to, you know, come together? Yeah. Is, you know, to me, is is just, like, a really fun way to Dramatic. Sort of build that. It's, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. It is. I'm really jealous that you guys get to experience that for the first time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I think, I think I'm, uh, th- there may be some other, just ducking back to our earlier topic about, uh, you know, slowly introducing content uh i think that there is a little context that we're missing if we were already fans in japan at the time because i think that the the hints to sailor v uh oh yeah which is an actual you know working hero out in the world at the time uh Mm -hmm. and who i believe 
is Sailor Venus, right? In the future? Yeah, it is Sailor yeah. Venus. So yeah. like the, the hints spoilers. to Sailor, yeah, super spoilers, but Sailor V being a real person and having like a franchise of video games and stuff that Serena likes playing, like I find, I think that's, I think that's interesting. I'm excited to see where that goes. Cause I don't remember uh, much. Well, it's so cool. It's it, it really reminds fun. me of, um, Oh, I'm sorry, Elsa. I didn't mean to. Oh no, you. it's just it's cool because like Sailor V was like uh, the original manga creator. That was her like first yeah series. Yeah, before Sailor Moon like fleshed it all out. Uh, so oh, I sort see. of like keeping Sailor V is kind of this like vestigial thing, but it also sort of pays tribute to like what was there first. Um, yeah, which is cool. and functionally, it gives uh, Serena a like hero figure to look up to, which I think is really necessary for her character. Mm-hmm. Uh, she has an idol that she looks up to that she wants to be like, and doesn't realize that she's she was destined to be <laughs> the ruler of that idol um, for for millennia to come. And actually, her idol is also one of her best friends, and I just really <laughs> love this show. So, Allison, one of the things you you talked on earlier, and I, uh, we sort of got we sort of got distracted acted on when you were talking about how uh you know sailor moon made being girly cool yes uh, one of the things that's also really cool about sailor moon is, is that she also makes not being perfectly girly cool yes exactly yeah she plays video games like she's a goddamn and sleeps nerd and eats and is bad at school as best yeah. she's disgusting yeah like she oh, oh, i love that this character is so femme and yet also like completely comfortable with who she is and how she expresses herself yeah yeah and i'm not gonna say that anime as a genre has completely lost that uh right but to some degree i don't see much i still see a shit ton of girly girls in anime Right, like, totally. like the kind of cookie cut. Yes, we know you're a girl because you know you're scared of bugs and all that other stuff that you know three year olds know about girls because that's all they know. You know, <laughs> right, uh, right. But there, there are some, and you can like, I'm re- sort of retroactively seeing the DNA for shows that I've watched that came out later than Sailor Moon. Right. Yeah, like this show made all that possible yeah, for sure. Um, and I love it. I love it. Ugh, I just, I <laughs> just, I just love the show. Okay, one more, one more thing. So this yeah, yeah, is yeah. like me, like just going off on a limb because I fucking love this show so much. So the scene where Luna is making fun of Serena for listening to Loveline is like, I think my favorite part of this episode, uh, just because of the trajectory of Serena's character is all about her love, not just for her future husband, but also for her scouts and for her friends. Mm-hmm. Like love is what makes uh, Sailor Moon so powerful as she is. Uh, and I just found it so hilarious that Luna, who's supposed to be hunting down for the person she knows is this huge, like ridiculously powerful princess and is making fun of her like, oh, love is stupid. Love is pointless. You shouldn't be listening to this at all. You're a warrior. When that's the, in- when that's the entire point of her character is to, <laughs> is, is to, love, is to love things. I just, I just love this show. I just love this show so much. Yeah. Love is really important, you it's, guys. It's it easy to love. This show is just so likable. It's just it's super charismatic. It's not like grating. It's not like, yeah, it's just. And, and the strength of Serena as a character really just kind of keeps that all going. Like the world building is like, whatever, you know, and it's fine, you know, it's fine. And, and yeah, like a lot of these plots can be kind of repetitive. Oh, the world but... building gets stupid, ridiculous. Oh yeah. <laughs> like buckle, buckle up. It gets real weird. It's yeah. not, uh, are you telling me it's not every episode just going to be a pretty woman turns into an ugly demon woman and then dies? 
<laughs> no, no, there's a lot more time travel involved. It gets great. Okay. Don't worry about it. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm so jealous that you guys get to experience this for the first time. And if you ever want to just like cry a little and scream about how good it is, uh, let me like call me up because that's my favorite hobby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> love it. All right. Yay, love. Uh, so, yeah. And I think our final cap on it would have to just be acknowledging the sailor says. Oh, yeah. At the end. Uh, <laughs> She's all favorite. about it. Yeah. Yeah. And this one, you know, I feel like they had some. They had a hard time kind of finding a message here. Uh, like they kind of like hit on a message at the end, but it, it's like a slow, the, the pacing of this sailor says segment is super weird um, where it's like, Hey, I, I like, I like to dream. I like dreams about food uh, and, and boys I like napping a lot and boys. And boys. Uh, but uh, I don't know. Don't dream too much. I guess you should also <laughs> get some shit done. <laughs> I mean, that was basically how it was paced. That's it. Yep. Yeah. And you're like, uh, all right, cool. Thanks. Thanks, Sailor. Thanks, Sailor. <laughs> I'm trying to remember if the next episode has uh, the first scout or not. I think it Ooh, does. Boiler. To probably Mercury first. Maybe. I think it, at least in Crystal. I mean, was, that's I think a, it was Mercury first. That's right? a that's a that's a solar system mm. spoiler. Well, well, I guess in, in Crystal, <laughs> you know, uh, that was how they did it there. But <clears throat> I, I, I see this one as I'm the next episode is called Slam City. <laughs> is it? Wait, is it actually? Is it really? The American. It's uh, like. Uh, Slam City? Uh, Serena is shocked to find out she's gained weight, too much weight from eating. Determined to get back into shape and fast, <laughs> she and her friends join a gym and advertise instant results to its members. <laughs> oh, so it's called Slim City. Oh, okay. I want Slam City! It's okay. Called, it's called The Legend for Curly's Gold. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that's a lot to look forward to. Yeah. You kids have fun with that. Oh, you know we will. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I think that's all, all we're at. Um, Sailor Moon is is like... The best choice too, that we've made. Yeah, it, I mean, and it's I'm like it's almost saying, too good for us. I'm not saying that you should just rename this podcast uh, three, three Dudes Watch Sailor Moon, <laughs> but I, you should just do that because this show's fucking amazing. It's so yeah. good. Yeah, I it's, dig it. I'm having a great time watching it. We should come yeah, up with our with our own sailor plane. personas. Oh god! <laughs> oh. We can all name ourselves after like <laughs> moons of other planets. Yeah, I'll be I'll be Sailor Io. I'm Sailor Sonic. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, you can't. No. You can't break that immediately. You can't do that? No. Sailor the Hedgehog. God, you're no fun. No, Austin. his name was Sonic Hedgehog. Remember? Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> like his last name was Hedgehog. Uh, oh, I, I thought we had some good episodes today. Uh, I thought it was Sonic D Hedgehog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, I, we did. I mean, we had burgers up. It was a good one. Tiny saucers. <laughs> some weird burger burger stuff. We had uh, Ikakuman's harpoon torpedo. Which I would say for a Joe episode wound up being a lot better than uh, it could have been. Yeah. Yeah, then we anticipated the Joe episode to be. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And then Sailor Moon Talk Radio was thoroughly enjoyable. Yeah. 
and had sexy NPR demons. Hell yeah. Just here to talk about I'm a sexy demon filling in for another sexy demon. Uh, we're uh, we're so here to. So you can to, put your soul uh, right up to the speaker. Yeah, just yeah. we just want to harvest a little. Suckle at the microphone. <laughs> you you want to wear this flower? Just get to a sexy, <laughs> a little closer. Sleepy ass flower. Yeah, and now uh, right. four hours of Civil War jazz. <laughs> to support your local demon NPR station, Ken, Ken we're, uh, we're running a fall fun drive. Consider donating ten dollars today for your immortal soul. Support great local programming like this. And this is uh, everyone at Saturday Morning Tuesdays signing out. Uh, thank you so much, Allison Lurz, for coming no in. No problem. Doing Thanks a wonderful guest. Thank you. Thanks for donating we've, your, uh, we've your juicy soul. to the library, and I'm getting some pretty rude looks from a man across the table. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> we we got to find you a home, Rory. <laughs> <laughs> you can't just keep sleeping in libraries. I'm a... I've relocated to the public bathroom. <laughs> I do want to say we started this show with a SNL announcer bit, and we've gone from like the complete opposite end of the announcer spectrum to like the quietest announcer. Ira Glass. <laughs> NPR. All things considered. Featuring Terry Gross. On the Saturday Night Live band. <laughs> Oh, God. Someone cut us off. All right. Well, thanks for having Amy me, guys. Amy Poehler. <laughs> fade it out, Kyle. Okay. Fade I'll it out. Farrell. Just. Chris Kattan. We're all getting Bye, everybody. Now. Bye. <laughs> Chris Kattan again. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck.